Merry Christmas and happy holidays as the Indianapolis Colts head south to take on the Atlanta Falcons on Christmas Eve. Will we see the return of Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman Jr.? And how can the Colts stop Bijan Robinson? Let's talk about it. Welcome to the Horseshoe Huddle podcast presented by Fan Nation on SI.com, part of the Fans First Sports Network. My name is Andrew Moore, and as always, I'm joined by my fellow writer and analyst at Horseshoe Huddle, Drake Wally, and we have a very special guest tonight from all Falcons to help us break down this crucial matchup for the Indianapolis Colts, our good friend Scott Kennedy. Really appreciate you being on here tonight, Scott. I appreciate you having me. This is going to be a fun night with uh, I, I, I do my morning shows because I'm usually not available in the evening. So I'm glad this worked out. Uh, I call this a bonus Falcons podcast. We'll be doing coast to coast tomorrow on all my channels, which is an NFL preview show. Uh, I see some few people start to come in and uh, I got a chuckle. I, I told you right before we went on air. I'm like, you're going to get the the Falcons crowd that comes in to watch us tonight is going to say, just come on down south. We will be hospitable guesses. Beat our tails and get our coach out of here for us, please. And I couldn't help but get a little chuckle when you said, how are you going to stop Bajan Robinson? Falcons fans will answer that one for you. Arthur Smith will stop him for you. <laughs> hey, that's that's music to Colts fans' ears because the Colts fans and Colts are a completely different situation. You know, three-way tie atop the AFC South. Really, everything is setting up where if the Colts win out, there's a chance they might actually win the AFC South and host a playoff game for the first time in a long time. We've got a lot of fans uh, coming in from the Falcons uh, since we are simulcasting this on Horseshoe Huddle as well as Scott's channels. Uh, so we're going to have a lot of people in the chat tonight. Colts fans, make sure you show out as we really dive in here. So Drake, uh, this matchup, huge for the Indianapolis Colts, you know, coming off that big win against the Pittsburgh Steelers, going down south to Atlanta, I, it, like I wrote in, in my piece on Horseshoe Huddle, it can be easy to look a little bit ahead, but it seems like this team is really locked in, focused on the Falcons, and, and they know that they can't underestimate this team, even though they have been having some issues at the quarterback position. Yeah, and you know, it, it goes right back to it. Every single Sunday, any team can win. And, you know, I understand that Arthur Smith is kind of really fighting for his job right now. And there's a lot of quarterback rotations that have happened. I think Desmond Ritter's been benched twice now, and Taylor Heineck has been benched once and now put into a starting role again. So uh, there's a lot of ways to beat the Falcons here. But, man, again, Taylor Heineke went out there with a team that really wasn't the best. I think they were a little more talented than what he's got in Atlanta right now. But last year, he went out there and beat the Colts in a game winning drive at the last second. So don't put Taylor Heineke down man the guy is arguably still one of the best backups right up there with Gardner Minshew in my opinion exactly the CFO of Horseshoe Huddle Patrick is here Scott we call Patrick the CFOs because he can single-handedly uh, fund us with all the super chats he's given us over the few weeks so Patrick really appreciate it but he says I'm in a tough spot Colts playing Bijan this week who's on my fantasy team in the playoffs let's hope the final score is 72-68 Colts hey, hey Patrick you'd be right in there uh, if that happens stats Matt is in the house let's get that division lead this weekend uh and then we've got keith robbins who looks from the falcons side
side of things. Why don't we put Arthur Smith at quarterback? Hey, I think the Colts would absolutely love that. So if you're new and just joining us, if you haven't done so, please go follow Horseshoe Huddle at all on all of our socials. Uh, like Horseshoe Huddle on Facebook. Follow at Colts on FN on X. And then subscribe to the Horseshoe Huddle YouTube channel. Hit that bell so you know whenever Drake and I go live every Monday and Thursday night. We're closing in on that goal of 2,000 subscribers by the end of the regular season. Only about 100 away. So if you haven't done so, please hit that subscribe button. Help us reach our goal. And if you can't catch us on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you're listening to us uh, uh weekly we're on there as well so make sure you subscribe give us a five-star review so we can reach other Colts fans just like you so gentlemen let's dive right into it this is a very interesting line the Colts are two and a half point underdogs to the Falcons this weekend earlier this morning when I was checking the lines out uh, according to DraftKings the Colts were only one point favorites so just in a little short amount of time the line has moved some so the these teams it, it's funny that that you talk about that, Scott, how how Falcons fans may want them to, to lose, lose the coach, uh, kind of get a different quarterback. But in all reality, the Falcons are only a, a game or a couple games behind uh, for that NFC South division lead. It seems like there'd be a different feel around this team, uh, but but it definitely seems like they're, they're going in a different direction. The problem is, and I don't say this is hyperbole when I say it, is the Atlanta Falcons schedule is probably the weakest Falcons schedule in the history of Atlanta Falcons football. <laughs> and I, I don't mean that as a, it, I'm not a shock jock, say things for a reaction. I mean it literally when you go and you go through all of the the schedule, the backup quarterbacks they faced, the rookie quarterbacks they faced. You know, I think in their first four or five games, the total number of quarterback starts that they had was like four uh, because they were playing new players. Um, you know, then you go into Carolina and lose. As of right now, as of today, the Atlanta Falcons, uh, there are six teams that have been eliminated from playoff contention. That's it. Three weeks ago, there's six teams. The Atlanta Falcons are two and four against those six teams. Oh, wow. Two and four against those six teams. And their eight losses, they're six and eight, and their eight losses, their winning percentage of those teams that have beaten them that they're 0-8 against is .375. So that's like taking a 6-11 and 11 team and going 0-8 against them. So Falcons fans aren't morons. They realize this is a bad team. This is a bad team, and the only reason they're in it is because their schedule is even worse. Because if this was you, you take uh, if you take the Colts schedule that they've gone against, it's actually fairly similar. But if you go across Baltimore Ravens, um, you know some of those other teams that they've played, this team is three wins instead of six. And Falcons fans are they're ready for change. Now you, you hate to just root against your team, but there's nobody that's going to shed a tear in Atlanta. If the Colts come down and beat the Atlanta Falcons, they'll be like, all right, that's one step closer to getting the change we need. That's the attitude that's in Atlanta right now. We have our first super chat of the evening with the GOAT Logan Schmidt. Good to see you, buddy. He says, Colts whoop the Falcons respectfully. <laughs> so respectfully. We'll, we'll see We'll see if that happens. I, I think I think a lot of people are going into this game thinking that the Colts should be favored. Uh, Logan, really appreciate all of your support, buddy. And it was, hey, you, I don't think you were on last week, but it was gr or earlier this week. 
great to meet you at the Colts game uh, last week and have you break the streak of finally getting to witness a Colts victory. But but yeah, Scott, it, it just seems like like you talk, you think about the Atlanta Falcons and they have a lot of you think they have a lot of talent. You know, Robinson uh, talk about Drake London, Kyle Pitts, Jesse Bates, who's from Fort Wayne, my my hometown, uh, uh, AJ Terrell. You would think that this team with all the the the, the talent around there would be would be a much better and it seems like they're just kind of in that middle of the ground can't really get get out of their own way it seems like so so drake i want to kind of go to you on this on the Colts side of things you know this is this is a huge opportunity for the colts we're not going to really dive into it too much but trevor lawrence likely doesn't play this week due to the concussion uh cj stroud has practically already been ruled out uh against uh as the texans take on the browns so really those two teams could could lose this weekend and if the colts do win they're right alone. They're alone at the top of the AFC South, which is two games remaining. This is a huge opportunity for this team to to really to really gain an edge in this division race. Yeah, and look, uh, at the end of the day, these are professional football players. They play for their jobs. They play for money. They play for their families. They they have a lot to play for. Okay, but when you when you kind of get past the the surface of that stuff, kind of like what Scott said, and the way the the, the fans feel, is that the Colts. I think it's not that the Falcons aren't going to play hard. It's that the Colts, I think, are going to play with far more to lose than Atlanta does. Because the, if you talk about that situation happening, and God forbid you fall into a perfect scenario where both the Texans and Jags lose, and you lose also to a team that, like Scott said, is out there really just trying to finish the season. That's all they're trying to do. Boy, that puts you right back in the spot you were already in. So this is a huge game for Indianapolis. And again, even guys like Jake Matthews, I don't know if he's been ruled out, but I know that he was struggling with injuries. Great offensive lineman, great tackle, one of the best. And then you've got Johnny Smith also playing pretty well too, Tyler Algier. Uh, there's guys on that team that if you let them become underrated in your mind, man, they're going to make you pay. I mean, these are professional football players and they're playing at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So. And, and that's why the Colts are not favored in this game, despite what your instincts would tell you, because there's still that thought process. Looking at the Atlanta Falcons, if they put it together, they could, they've got weapons on offense. They've got a highly paid offensive line. Jake Matthews has been okay, but on the right side, they missed Chris Lindstrom and Caleb McGarry last week. And then they started a different center. Um, but it hasn't really mattered. They haven't been able to run the ball. They went from the fourth best, most efficient rushing offense in the NFL last year to drafting a, a running back in the top 10 and an offensive guard with the number two pick, and they have dropped to 27th year over year after making that investment. The defense, they put a lot of money into it on the defensive side of the ball, and the defense is playing really well. They have given up some late leads because the offense hasn't been able to get out of its own way. And by the fourth quarter, that team's gassed and you lose a 13 to 10, a nine to seven type game. And people, some people say, well, what about the defense giving up that late drive? Dude, the game should have been over long, long, long time ago. If the offense could get out of its own way. So you got Kyle pitch, you got Tyler Algier, you got Cordero Patterson, Bijan Robinson, Drake London. Each one of those games is players is capable of taking over a game. Oh, yeah. But by God, Arthur Smith hasn't figured out how to get any one of them except the outlier of a, a big Bajon Robinson game or a big Drake London game. And Kyle Pitts hadn't had a big game in his career. 
Exactly. And that they, you kind of, when you're, when you're talking about how the defense, maybe they're, they're trying to hold things together and the offense can't get out of its own way. That screams the 2022 Indianapolis Colts, uh, talking about how the defense tried to keep things together and, and just ran out of gas towards the end. So when we look at this matchup, Gardner Minshew had a really good, really good, efficient game last week against the Pittsburgh Steelers coming down South to face the Atlanta Falcons, which I, I think they're eight, they're eighth against the pass. So the, it's it's going to be a step up from from what he faced against the Pittsburgh Steelers. We play this game every week, Drake. Which Gardner Minshew are we going to get? Are we going to see more Minshew magic, or is he going to revert back to to being kind of skittish and, and starting to turn the ball over? What do you think? Well, I think uh, I mean it really could hinge on if Jonathan Taylor plays. Because don't get me wrong, I understand that Trey Sermon and uh, and Tyler Goodson went out there and they played. Let's be honest, fantastic given what they were thrown into. Um, but man, Minshew, I, again, I'll always say this every episode because he's just so he's so hot and cold sometimes with his performances that it really all comes down to the ground game. I think that you need to get the ground game going because, uh, like you said, I mean, they're eighth against the pass. They have fast football players. All right, the Falcons do have fast guys in the secondary. Guys like Terrell will take the football away. Jesse Bates has five out of the team's seven interceptions. Okay, so this guy, you talk about a ball hawk. That dude will go out there and take the ball away. So Minshew can't have Aaron passes like that. You got to establish a rhythm on the ground and it'll open up a lot more. And it might actually, dare I say it, it might hinge even more if Michael Pittman plays, because if for some reason MPJ doesn't suit up, I mean, you might be seeing a whole lot more running than what you would without him or with him in the game. So it's, it's all going to hinge on who's healthy and if they can get the ground game going. Now, the biggest, the, Scott, the biggest thing that, that that we've seen throughout the season about Gardner Minshew is, is the pressure. He hasn't been as cool and calm in the pocket as he normally has been. So how are how are the Atlanta Falcons at, at getting after the quarterback? And, and do you think they're going to be able to really attack this uh, uh, this Colts offensive line? Do I have good news for you? <laughs> Stas Matt comes in and says Atlanta's not a big sack team. They're not a big pressure team either. No, they're not. Uh, they're very good on the back end. <clears throat> they're very good against the run. They're stout. They're able to throw some numbers at you at the edge position, but overall they're not a big pressure team, um, which is amazing at how well they've been able to do on, on uh, the defensive side of the ball considering they don't get a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Now, the better quarterbacks are going to chew them to pieces. And they haven't faced a lot of the better quarterbacks this year is what it boils down to. If I start running through, I'm like, rookie, rookie, backup. Here's Josh Dobbs coming in off the Marta train and walking in in the first quarter uh, after he just got his contract and beating the Falcons with the Minnesota Vikings. So if Gardner, Minshew, if, if Gardner Minshew is one of those guys who, with the time, can pick you apart, he's a little bit of a wild card no matter what. you just. You know, but he's, what, 6-1 to one on interceptions to touchdowns? If he's mm -hmm. not turning the ball over, the Colts win this game pretty, pretty clearly. Um, because the opposite side of that, the Colts are really good about getting after the quarterback and really good about turning the ball over. The Falcons give up a lot of sacks, and they give up a lot of turnovers. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a very oh, bad, this, very bad this matchup, matchup. This matchup favors Indy a lot. Not to mention the form that both teams are in. There's a soccer term for you. The form that they're in right now is five and one versus, oh my God, we just lost to the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> we were in first place. Yeah. That's yeah. the Atlanta mindset right now.
it's just a bad matchup for the Atlanta Falcons, and that's a really good thing for the Indianapolis Colts, especially, Drake, as you mentioned, if Jonathan Taylor plays, if Michael Pittman Jr. plays. Well, good news, Colts fans. Jonathan Taylor, a full participant in practice again today. So was Michael Pittman Jr. Was not in a red non-contact jersey, so it seems like he's quickly making his way through the concussion protocol after taking that hit last Saturday. So it really seems like the Colts are going to have their two best playmakers back out on the field against this Atlanta defense. And, and you put that together with, with Minshew having that confidence uh, over the past few games, Colts, Colts have won five of six, which is, which is pretty, pretty remarkable considering what, what we all thought about what was going to happen with this team when Anthony Richardson went down in week five. So what do you think about Pittman and, and Jonathan Taylor? Are we going to see what we did the last time these two played together against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where Taylor ran for for 91 yards and two touchdowns. Pittman had 100 yards receiving. Are, are, are we going to see a return to JT and MPJ leading this offense, Drake? You know, I I think that I think it's really going to be interesting because I, I I would expect Taylor to just get a full workload. I don't know why I feel that way. Part like I wrote a piece earlier and said, you know, don't be surprised if he doesn't kind of changed my mind i really feel like especially with the fact that it's not a giant club on his hand very nice and free forming type, type of glove i think they're going to trot him out there i think though that until proven otherwise we just have to keep saying michael Pittman is going to be the guy if he goes out there and plays i mean he's going to be the guy and um he's done it against every defense he's faced it doesn't really matter who he faces but i will say that um, perhaps atlanta's got some kind of an idea to force Minshew to go elsewhere because look man not to discount Josh Downs or discount Alec Pierce or anybody but you got Gardner Minshew throwing you the football Michael Pittman's been able to get the hell open for some pretty easy completions and also takes the ball and wins 50-50 shots all the time from Gardner Minshew so you take away that talent though and you give him a guy that's like a vertical threat only for the most part and a slot receiver that's a rookie still working things out even though he's talented you could force him to make some mistakes and like Scott said I think that if Minshew goes out there and turns it over a time or two you're going to put Atlanta right there in the mix. Exactly. And I think, Scott, uh, this is kind of where I wanted to ask you, what do you think about the run defense? Or where do you think the, I, I guess the, the better question is, where do you think this Atlanta defense's uh, attack and game plan is going to be? Are they going to focus in on, on one guy and or focus in on stopping Jonathan Taylor and making Minshew beat them? What is what is their general, their general strategy uh, uh, against guys like Taylor and Pittman? Their, their their strategy, they've given up, a, while they have what it says, like an eighth best passing defense, it doesn't feel that way. It feels like, I call it seat of the pants analytics, it feels like bend but don't break. It feels like drive, 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 turnover. Drive, 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 field goal. And they're not giving up a lot of touchdowns, but they're giving up some yards. They were really good against the run. Till Grady Jarrett got hurt, and then David Onyemata got hurt. David Onyemata could be back. He's still fighting it a little bit. But you got big Calais Campbell, Grady Jarrett, David Onyemata, and Bud Dupree as a front four with some, some good linebackers behind him. They were really, really tough to run on early in the season. Um, and then you had Jesse Bates and A.J. Terrell in the background, and it uh, you know it made for a good offense, a good defense. The problem is they're still missing that alpha pass rusher. The, those guys are big defensive linemen, run stoppers, who can get you some sacks. Big Anyamada and Grady Jarrett, Jarrett especially is nice and quick, but they're still missing that pass rush. 
Who do I think can have a big game for the Colts? Now, you ask about Jonathan Taylor. I, I think it's just, you know, the old uh, remember the Titans. You know, it's an awfully thin playbook, coach. Said it's seven plays. It's like Novocaine. Give it time. It'll, it, it always works. That's how you can wear down the Atlanta Falcons defense because the injuries they've had up front. A big key, I think, a guy who could have a big game isn't necessarily Pittman, though you move him around because A.J. Terrell is really good as a corner. And he... Michael Pittman's great. I love him. I think he's going to make a bag this offseason one way or another. But I don't think they've got the depth across their corners in Atlanta to, to deal with the kind of season that Josh Downs has been having and look for maybe Alec Pierce to have another breakout game. So receivers two and three could be more dangerous. I would love to say it's a tight end. I just haven't seen the tight end for the Colts this year really have that breakout time. So I, the guy I would watch, Falcons fans, the guy I'm looking at, Colts fans for this game is Josh Downs. That could be that could be crucial, especially over the middle of the field. Now, does does AJ Terrell typically follow the top wide receiver, or or is he more of a of a guy that just handles one side of the field? They move. He's one side of the field typically. So either why, but he's not just a matchup guy. You know, the mm. old joke Dion said, "I don't need all this schemes." Deion Sanders says, right. "Walks up and points to the, the I got him. Mm -hmm. You you guys figure it else out. What else you want to do?" AJ's not that guy. They play within a scheme. They play a lot of zone. Um, and they've really struggled at their second safety spot. They used a number two pick three years ago on Richie Grant. It hasn't really panned out. Um, and then uh, the uh, rookie, DeMarco Helms, has started taking some some snaps in there. And then Jeff Akuda has had some uh, a little bit of a rebirth for the, the Falcons after getting traded for a bag of chips uh, out of Detroit this past year. But he's he's earned himself some money on this next contract because he, he'll be a free agent after this year. So solid considering the injuries had that I've had up front, this defense is still pretty good. Um, man, it doesn't matter who has been in there. Shane Steichen's offense has dropped 30 on everybody. Here's 30 for you. Here's 30 for you. Here's 31 for you. So he's him and D'Amico Ryan's. This thing comes down to January 7th for me for coach of the year. Shane Steichen has been an absolute wizard at times, being able to scheme things up for 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 the Colts offense, and and it's it's funny you say that because I, I think what's what's been one of the biggest impacts of Shane Steichen, but not only Shane Steichen, but Tony Sperano Jr. Colts fans know where I'm getting the offensive line, especially right now. This offensive line is is getting back to 2020. 2019 levels where just dominating guys up front Shane Steichen looked at Mike Tomlin and that Steelers uh, defense and said we're gonna run it on you try to stop us they ran 13 consecutive run plays against the Pittsburgh Steelers which is just unheard of and with with your number three and four running backs just drove right down the field the offensive line was absolutely dominating out there and honestly, I think they have the chance to do that again. This 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 team, this unit feels very co very together, very cohesive. I understand Braden Smith probably isn't going to be out there, but Blake Freeland did a really good job in the running game uh, a week ago, settled in against TJ Watt as well. Look for this Colts offensive line to really keep that momentum going. Drake, how do you see things playing out uh, uh, front and in the trenches? I really liked the fact that Scott brought up Brady Jarrett. Uh, that's that's a guy that doesn't really get enough due in the NFL. He's an absolute freak of nature up front, and he is a real problem for the run game. Uh, I think that given that, and I think that uh, given Onyemata's injury, if, if he doesn't go, 
man, you've really got a gaping hole there for a weakness in the Atlanta defense, and it's basically just run the ball. It's literally get back to the the RTDB, the run the damn ball shirts and everything. That's that's really what you need to do, especially if you have your bell cow back in the game. He's going to be raring to go, ready to ready to get another win. So uh, I think that they, like you said, they have a great opportunity in front of them. Now, again, you're playing – in Atlanta, a very difficult place to play. And this is a team that while they might not have a lot to play for, they might be absolutely pissed off. They just got beat by the league's doormat. Okay. So like, look at the little, yeah, look at the little things here, man. This is a team that's like, look, we're still freaking professional football players and we have names on the back of our jerseys and we have family and friends watching us The hell with this. We got nothing to lose. They got nothing to lose. So I think that the Colts and the Falcons are going to get a lot. You're going to see a lot of collisions happening. And uh, you, you're going to see some runs get stopped for the Colts, but I do think that's really the scheme is to you got to run the ball. And if you have Jonathan Taylor in there, you have a great opportunity to get some good ones going. Here, here's something to think about too, y'all. Is um, as Corey Carter comes in, he says Atlanta Falcons won't be there. Their fans won't be there on Sunday. He's not wrong. Um, this hasn't been the, the Falcons are four and three at home, so take that into account. They were embarrassed in Carolina. There will be some playing for some pride there. Taylor Heineke is coming in at quarterback. There will be maybe that new quarterback bump that they get. But you won't have problem communicating. Um, I can get into a whole litany of reasons why, but the lower bowl will basically be empty. Uh, Atlanta Falcons fans are not one to stand for being gouged. And when they went to PSLs in uh, in the new stadium a few years ago, only corporations bought those seats or are no fans. So when the team is struggling or it's not a big name, no offense to Indianapolis Colts fans, but that's not a big Bears, Giants, Packers, Steelers type of team where everybody is from there that lives down here in Atlanta. It's going to be empty. The lower bowl you're going to think is a is a, a going on strike game. And that's huge because honestly, when when you're thinking of of a, a matchup in late December, that's that's you would think that that would be a, a huge opportunity. And as as stats Matt said, I've seen several Colts fans finding tickets this week, so there there could be a lot of big blue presence in in Atlanta uh, this Sunday, even though it is Christmas Eve. Let's switch things up and talk about the Falcons' offense here, Scott. The, the Arthur Smith going with Taylor Heineke this week over Desmond Ritter. A lot of Colts fans think that, you know, we, we would rather face Desmond Ritter. We think that that he would be the easier option to go up against uh, 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 rather than, than Taylor Heineke. Like Drake said, Heineke beat the Colts last year when he was with the Washington Commanders. So do you think this helps the Atlanta offense going to Taylor Heineke? Or is, is the move really, really mute at this point? I think uh, I think the offense is more effective under Taylor Heineke, um, but the three games that he was in, the Falcons are 0-3. Um, he came in during this halftime at Arizona, and they lost to Arizona in Kyler Murray's first start back in a year. Uh, then they went to um, – then they came home to Minnesota. They put up 31. It was 31-28. They put up some points. And then he lost at Tennessee when Will Levis had the greatest debut in the history of debut quarterbacks <laughs> – when he had four touchdowns, that's not hyperbole either. That's a fact. Four touchdowns, zero interceptions, and X amount of yards was the best ever. So the Falcons' defense didn't step up, and Heineke played better. So would you rather face Desmond Ritter? Yeah, because he's he's going to do something that's going to keep you in the game. That's just been his MO all season. 
uh, I, I tweeted out, I'm like, man, when, when he's got 15 turnovers and then probably 25 turnover worthy plays at least. And by God, if every single one of them isn't in the red zone, I'll buy you some pizza. Uh, every, I was like, whenever he turns the ball over, my goodness, he gets his money's worth. They are important. Yeah, and I, I think I think that when you look at this this Colts defensive line as well, one of the big things, as as they love to say, they're going to try to keep Taylor Heineke in the well, Drake. I think that's something they didn't do a very good job at last season when he was with the Commanders. They let him get outside the pocket and make plays. This Colts defensive line, a return to form last week against the Pittsburgh Steelers, four sacks after not being able to really touch Jake Browning and the Bengals a week prior. But when you have guys like Samson Ebukam, Dio Dangbo, uh, DeForest Buckter, Quiddy Pay, really get after get, getting after the quarterback. It, it makes a big difference. The Colts tied the franchise record, uh, the indie franchise record for sacks in the season with 46. I think they they at least get one sack and break the record this weekend. But the way I'm feeling about how this 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 defensive line is really getting after it, and and just some of the injuries on on the Atlanta Falcons offensive line, plus they they've been giving up some sacks at a, at a higher rate. I'm looking at another multi sack game for the Colts. Yeah, and uh, you know the last year when he played, he did make a lot of plays outside the pocket. And that's something a lot of people don't really talk about with Taylor Heineke is the guy can move and he's also very, he's very agile. I know that he had a ridiculous like sky over the end zone uh, run. Uh, I can't remember what team it was uh, uh, the Falcons were playing, but the, the, basically the Buccaneers when yeah. against Tom Brady in the playoffs. Uh, like, well, there's just been multiple times where the guy showcased that he's got mobility. Now, the thing is, I, I, I know that everyone wants to talk about Buckner and they want to talk about Quiddy Pay and everything like that. Um, but Dio Dangbo has elevated his play. He's playing out of his mind right now, at least to his stand or like from where he was, uh, you know, especially coming off of an injury to start his career. He's playing fantastic. Really wasn't much of a piece last season, especially at that point in the year when they played the commanders. And instead of Yannick and Gakwe, you know, getting destroyed in the ground game and over pursuing on pass defense or pass rushing, you have Samson Evacom now. Okay. That's a completely different issue than dealing with Yannick and Gakwe. I mean, he over pursued all the time. And a lot of his sacks came from the interior pressure, bailing the quarterback right into his arms. So I think it's a way different type of game. And it's it's due to and Taekwon Lewis, he's actually playing this year. He's been a great depth piece. So those guys are the guys I'm looking for. And, and I do think that Quiddy Pay, though, look for him to get a sack again. I think that uh, last week it was Ebicom and Odangbo each had like one and a half, and then the defensive tackles each had a half sack. And and Samson Ebicom is pro football focused 14th ranked edge rusher in the NFL, had an elite grade last week uh, against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, Scott, I wanna, wanted to ask you about this, this running game for, for the Atlanta Falcons. Obviously, Bijan Robinson gets a, gets a lot of the press, uh, and he's a very talented back. Tyler Algier, not, a, not a, a, a slouch either. The Falcons, I think, rank around ninth in the NFL in, in rushing offense. I almost feel like that's how they're going to have to really rely on on moving the football down the field. The Colts, when they haven't had Grover Stewart, Grover Stewart is playing on on Sunday, but when they haven't had Grover Stewart and and over the last couple of months, they've been susceptible to 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 having the ball ran on them. Might be a different story on Sunday, but is that how the, the they're gonna make most of their hay is on the ground? Uh, you just, you don't know the short passing game could come into play. Also, unfortunately, Heineke, when you think of Heineke, you think of a guy who takes a lot of risks, right? You watched mm -hmm. him in Washington. 
Uh, Terry McLaurin, you know, those guys are putting up some big yards and some some questionable decisions with the ball. Then he looks like he's been muzzled when he's playing with Atlanta. It was all of a sudden everything was in three yards of the line of scrimmage. You're like, all right, what's going on here? Unfortunately for Atlanta, whoever is in, it's been way, way too predictable. Okay, here comes Bajan. Okay, off tackle stretch. Here comes Bajan. Off tackle stretch. Well, it didn't work this time. Let's just run it three times into the back of the same uh, offensive lineman who's getting outnumbered because they know what's coming. There's no imagination in it. For the last three years, I've said basically during the course of the game, Arthur Smith eventually hits the effort button. Let's just run the ball. And that's usually third quarter with Tyler Algier. And Algier's a hammer. He's a very underrated running back who is now starting to get some shtick because they don't, because Bijan isn't being used properly, so to speak. Um, I just think the problem is it's too, it's too predictable in how they're trying to use them. Um, and there was a, there was a chart out there today. I put it on my Twitter account. It showed the efficiency of play callers and Arthur Smith wasn't just dead last. It was awful last. It's like, you know, going back to Moneyball. there's us, there's five layers of crap. And then there's everybody else. That's how bad it was. I'm like, you could call him the worst play caller, least effective play caller at NFL. And, and that would be an understatement. So, yes, they are going to run the ball. They are going to run the ball a lot. They will have a drive where all they do, they'll have an effective drive in the course of this game where they'll go on a 13-play drive where they may throw one pass and they'll get some points out of it. So, again, don't turn the ball over. Survive. Wait them out. You win this game. That's that's something that, and obviously I don't watch the Falcons on a weekly basis. We cover the Colts for a living, but that's always been something that's just from from a ten thousand foot view has always really puzzled me about Arthur Smith. I mean, you you talk about the 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 type of players they have on this team. I mean, high picks in Bijan Robinson, Drake London, and Kyle Pitts. The weapons that they have on this offense, but at least from afar. It seems like all anyone talks about is these guys aren't involved enough. And it's like, how how is he not using these guys? And is it just stubbornness on his part? More of this is my scheme and we're going to stick to it rather than fitting the scheme around the, what the players do best. What What's your take on that? And and it just to kind of inform Colts fans of, of maybe some if if that that narrative is correct and, and maybe why one. I think I think one of the problems is he's too reactive um, where, okay, this is the look we're getting. So this is what we're going to do. No dictate. Mm -hmm. I'm better than you. I've got the best, arguably the best offensive lineman, no offense to Quentin Nelson, but Chris Lindstrom has played better than Quentin Nelson has the last three years. That that's there's opinions. There's facts. Y'all watch Quentin Nelson every game last week, last year. I watched Quentin Nelson. Chris Lindstrom has been arguably the best offensive lineman in football mm -hmm. over the last two seasons at right guard. I got Caleb McGarry, who's a run blocking monster at right guard, uh, right tackle. I got Jake Matthews, a, a consummate pro. I've got all these guys. It's like, okay, well, they're, they're taking this away. So I'm going to go and do this instead, man, just dictate. And that's what I said. Every once in a while, it's almost like he wants to come out and we're going to be balanced. We we can't, we don't always just want to run the ball. So we're going to throw it and throw it and throw it. You ask why aren't these guys getting involved? Because they're not getting any freaking first downs. 
Uh, if, if stats Matt is in here, my seat of the pants analytics tells me they've got to be bottom third and in, in first downs in the NFL mm-hmm. and probably in plays run. So you're taking away opportunities from everybody when you can't get any first downs. Mm-hmm. And then you're turning the ball over in crucial situations. It's been, it's been the offense for this team has been a disaster. It's been a disaster. Makes sense when you can't really sustain drives. So, so Drake, I'm going to pass it along to you, man. You talk about uh, Drake London and Kyle Pitts. Obviously, the Colts are going to focus on those guys with this young secondary that has been playing a lot better uh, of 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 late. Do you think those those guys are going to have success against the likes of, of a Juju Brents, Jalen Jones, uh, Kenny Moore, obviously working on another Pro Bowl season there in the slot? But but do these what do you think these guys or what do you think this Colts defense is is going to focus on to, to stop these guys? I think it's uh, you know you're you're talking about Drake London. He's an incredibly physical receiver. You know he's he's just a massive dude to deal with. Incredibly athletic. I do think th- you have to talk about this game from the scheming side and from the ability side. Mm-hmm. Yes, on paper, good lord, Drake London can probably go toe to toe with any one of these defensive backs, especially Juju Brents. I know that he's very physical, but he's also a rookie, still working things out. I think the I think that Kenny Moore might have the best chance. But as far as scheme, you're dealing. I know Gus Bradley; he's caught a lot of flack. Look, man, he's also incredibly experienced. And when there is a, an offense that struggles, like the Steelers' offense, he knows what to do. He figures it out. I know that last season was kind of up and down, and this season's kind of been up and down, but he really does figure it out, and he's he's going to be able to, I think, catch on to a lot of tendencies that Arthur Smith just doesn't leave. He's, he's, he's stubborn, kind of like Scott said in his play calling. Um, but as far as Kyle Pitts, man, he is a matchup nightmare, really. I think that he's got ability to beat anybody. He's a tight end that, can, that has the body and the speed of a wide receiver, and he's got great ability as a receiver, just good route running and everything else. It's just his usage. And I think that he's not a bigger tight end. So maybe he doesn't break as many tackles. He doesn't block as well, but man, his usage has been really rough. I still think that him and Johnny Smith though, are an incredibly overlooked tight end duo. And I think that they can absolutely massacre linebackers if you're not ready for them. And Scott, this is why we love stats, Matt. Coming in, he says Falcons are 12th in plays, 13th in first downs, but 26th in points and 21st in yards per drive. That's just a brutal way to to, to live as an offense. And, yeah. and you're not going to win very many games when when you're putting up uh, uh, putting up stats and numbers like that. Like I said, I think there's probably another one to look at is three number of three and outs. Because like I said, they'll go on these 14-play drives in the middle of the third quarter which will balance out those number of plays uh, without ever throwing the ball. It'll just be Tyler Algier, Tyler Algier, Cordell Patterson, Bajon Robinson, Algier, 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 Algier. Um, and then they'll score. And then Arthur Smith will say, well, why would I give it to Bud? Did you not see how well Algier did then? Why would I give it to anybody else? Mm-hmm. Because that's the only drive you had that was worth a damn. You know? <laughs> so, oh, getting back to Kyle Pitts, that's a whole other discussion. Route running, no. No, Drake. No. No. <laughs> his route running is really poor. Uh, his effort off the ball, off the line of scrimmage is really poor. Now, you can make apologies for Kyle Pitts saying, okay, he's been doing this for three years. He was really good when he had an accurate quarterback in Matt Ryan. But he's lining up seventy about 77% of his time either in the slot or out wide at wide receiver, not in line as a tight end. So he's getting cornerbacks on him, and he's not getting separation in order to – get off of a cornerback and he hasn't had quarterback play in the last two seasons 
who can throw accurately to a spot. I'm I'm a big wide receiver guy. I have a huge bias. They're always open. I can get it to them. But if I've got an inaccurate quarterback that can't get it in a spot, if I underthrow or overthrow a big target, then I take away him being big. Mm-hmm. Because if it's underthrown, he's got to come back through the, the defensive back. Well, that's offensive PI. That's an incompletion or worse interception. And if I overthrow him, nobody's got a chance. So Kyle Pitts has been ineffective the last two seasons in Atlanta. He's not who you have to worry about. Drake London's a beast. If they feed Drake London, he can have one of those games like you started seeing last week with Michael Pittman that Michael Pittman's capable of having. The buck 50 and a pair of touchdowns. Um, but will you see it? Will you know? Will will you see that? Uh, you just never know. It's too inconsistent. That's the big question. X factor time, gentlemen. Uh, let's go around the horn. We'll start with Scott, then go to Drake, and I'll, I'll finish this up here. Scott, give me one guy. Offense, defense can be when anywhere on the team. Who is your X factor for the Falcons to get this win on Sunday? Goodness gracious, there's so many to say. Um, I mean. An obvious one for me on defense is just Gardner Minshew. Know where Jesse Bates is. Mm-hmm. No, know where he's at. He's smart. He's probably going to be all pro this year on a team that won't make the playoffs. That says just how good he has been. Um, for my money, I can't think of two better free agent signings this year than Ebukam and Jesse Bates. Mm-hmm. Worth every single penny that those guys have gotten. Um, on the offensive side of the ball, the, the X factor is, is there's, I don't know what the offensive line is going to look like. So that's one thing, but it's obviously Taylor Heineke. I mean, when you got a new quarterback coming in, he could go on a heater that the Falcons have seen every new quarterback play has played their best game of the year against them. Mm-hmm. Or he could be, you know, where is this team's mentality at? You know, are they, do they respond because they're embarrassed? Because if they do, they can win this game. There's more than enough talent on this Atlanta Falcons team. That's why everybody's so mad at the wasted year, wasted opportunity that they've had this year. Taylor Heineke comes out and goes on a heater. The Falcons will win this game. You put him on his ass most of the game, they got no chance. And the Colts are very capable of doing that. I agree. Drake, what do you think? X-Factor, buddy. Oh, man. Uh, I I was going to say... I was going to say one player, but I'm going to go with Grover Stewart. I'm actually going to I'm going to go with Grover Stewart because I think that, like Scott mentioned, Tyler Algier is is really a hammer for the offense. I think that you are going to see a lot of number ninety uh, running into Tyler Algier. He's going to have to really try to uh, keep Bijan Robinson and Tyler Algier in that just that that smash mouth style that Arthur Arthur Smith does tend to go go toward. You got to be able to stop that because along with if Heineke goes out there and starts getting confidence and completing passes and this and that. If you let them run the ball, especially up the middle, man, that's that's a that's a recipe for disaster if you're the Colts because this is a running football team and they predicate their entire offense off of how well that's going. I agree. Stats, Matt, taking the words right out of my mouth. Stats, Matt says, I'll say X factor for Indy is JT. Keep the Falcons defense on the field, wear them down on defense. I'll go both defensive ends. Keep ta- uh, Taylor Heineke in the pocket. Don't let him create. I was just going to say it's Jonathan Taylor. You know, Jonathan Taylor coming back from that thumb injury, something that to, to keep in mind. Since it was a thumb injury, he has been able to stay conditioned. So it's not like he's going to have to work off the rust. He even talked to, to reporters today and told them that he's been working out, staying in shape, and, and he's ready to go when, when, when that time comes. 
full participant both days this week. Yes, yesterday was a walkthrough. Today, full participant in practice. JT is going to be ready to go, and I think we saw against the Buccaneers, he was back to being the the Jonathan Taylor that the Colts fans know and love. He was unstoppable against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, one of the best run def- r- rushing defenses in the entire NFL. You go up against a Falcons defensive line that and and defense in general that that against the run not as good as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Jonathan Taylor is excited to get back out there. I think the Colts offensive line is going to continue to roll like it did last week against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Jonathan Taylor has a big game and he is going to be really tough to stop. All right, guys. 1 p.m. on Sunday, Christmas Eve, Colts at Falcons. Doesn't seem like the Falcons fans really want their team to win. Colts fans dying for this Colt for this team to win and, and really hoping for a loss by Jacksonville and Houston to have sole possession of first place in the AFC South. Let's go the opposite way. Drake, who do you got on Sunday? Colts, Falcons, and why? So I I actually think the Colts are going to win but they're going to win 23 to 17. Okay? okay. And I think that they're going to pick off Taylor Heineke when he's attempting a game-winning drive. Ooh. I I think that Look, man, I think a lot of t- I, I think highly of Heineke. I think that he's got so much ability for, for get, given the given the position and the pay that he gets and like just, you know, kind of a backup, you know, journeyman type guy. Boy oh boy, when he if when he's on, holy crap, he's really 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 hard to stop but when you like scott said if you can knock him on his butt a couple times like any other quarterback man he becomes a backup you know so i i do think that it's going to be close i think that there's going to be a lot of you know back and forth and a lot of hammering the run game into each other's defenses but i do think the colts get this done but it will not be easy all right scott as the falcons uh uh, expert here do the colts rip off another one or do the falcons get one at home Oh, it's it's tough to tell. You just don't know. And part of this comes down to where Stats Matt is asking the question. What does Scott think about the offensive line for Atlanta? All the guys being limited. They had three guys last week that were out. And this is a game, this is a team that had played their entire front five, first five all year up until this point. Now all of a sudden, as the season's gone in the tank, guys are getting a little niggled up a little more often. Hmm. This team's in the playoffs. Are these guys playing or not? I have these questions. Jake Matthews is questionable. He hadn't missed a game since his like the second game of his career. Of mm-hmm. uh, you know, so Chris Lindstrom, he doesn't miss games either. McGarry's missed one here or there. But is it really all of these guys are getting nicked up at once, or is it like you know what? I think I'll wait till next year. Now that that's kind of where is the mentality of this team? I don't know. I really don't. We'll find out. That's what I'm interested to find out. Um, at the beginning of the season, I picked this game as a win for the Atlanta Falcons, but a lot has changed in two months, let alone since the beginning of the season. You mentioned the the interest in the Indianapolis Colts. Well, on Halloween, this team was three and five. Mm-hmm. This team's eight and six now and playing really well. And the expectations and the mentality for this Atlanta Falcons team I just don't know if they stand up and play to their capabilities, which they've only done for a half, maybe here and there all year, they win this game. They're a good squad that is playing poorly. I just don't have any faith in them. I don't have any trust that this team puts it together. I don't have any trust in Arthur Smith and his offense. Colts, 
and a strange one. Call it something like 22 to 15, some type of weird score <laughs> out there. Uh, it means more for the Colts. Colts believe right now, and they're a hell of a story. Colts take it. And I, I, to, real quick, um, if one if these scores come in, if Patrick says 34-12 Colts, 35-17, Arthur Smith's done on Monday. Yeah, he'll be, he'll be canned, especially yeah. at home. I, I would agree. Stats, Matt, with 27 to 17. We had CMDSR with 35 17. Winston going with Falcons 20 to 17. That could happen. That so, could happen. so so we've got we've got a Falcons pick in here. Uh Sean Conright, uh, Colts win 27 to 17. Uh is Patrick 34 to 12. Uh and now we've got Keith Robbins saying that the Falcons win. Logan Schmidt 31 16 Colts. So a lot of you guys are are on the Colts. Keith saying 21 17 Falcons. A lot of you guys are on the Colts. And I'm going that way as well. I'm going Colts 24, Falcons 16. I think the Falcons are going to be able to get a touchdown, but then it's going to be the Young Way Ku show or Young Ho Ku. Young uh, Way, you got it. Oh, Young Way. Young Way. Young Way Ku show. And and it's going to be the Colts are going to tighten up probably in the red zone, field goals for him. And on the flip side, I think the Colts are going to be able to really run the football. We're probably going to see a touchdown or two from Jonathan Taylor. Might uh, sneak one into to uh, one of the tight ends. I think once we get deep into that red zone, maybe we see a Drew Ogletree uh, siding. Uh, but but I, I think this Colts team just has again too 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 much uh, to too much focus on this game. They got a lot more to play for there. They've won five out of their last six, and it seems like the Atlanta. Falcons are, are really starting to crumble at the base, and and when you have players not really starting to believe or not or not really thinking they have much to play for, having just that that difference in mentality can really make a difference. Once all those guys are on the field on Sunday, so I think the Colts get the victory. I think they move to nine and six. We'll have to see what happens with the other two division games, but it's very possible that on Christmas morning the Colts are the top dog in the AFC South, which is absolutely wild to talk about considering what this fan base was talking about and what we were all thinking when Anthony Richardson went down with that shoulder injury against the Tennessee Titans. So uh, I think it's going to be a, a fun game to watch. I, I certainly think that that, that we're going to see some, some physical play on, on both sides, but I think the Colts are just going to be too much at the end of the day, and they're going to get this victory. We'll see. It should be fascinating. And again, this is the the race in the playoffs in the in the wild cards and the AFC is much more interesting because they're actually good teams that are fighting for it, not teams that are you know two games under five hundred. That doesn't interest me at all. Um, <laughs> you know, so you got you got the Bengals coming back and and showing life. Who wants to play the Buffalo Bills right now? Um, the Broncos aren't completely out of it. The Cleveland Browns. Here comes the Joe Flacco show. <laughs> Uh, so it's uh, it's been it's been real interesting. And uh, just programming note, I'm going to drop the link to my YouTube channel into the chat because we do on uh, Friday mornings at 9 a.m. We do coast to coast football. My, I'm in Atlanta. My partner's in Seattle. So we are in we are coast to coast with your football coverage. 9 a.m. We're going to be going over all of the top matchups and all these playoffs matchups. Last week, of all the games that involved playoff games, I only missed one. 
I didn't miss the Steelers and Colts. I'll tell you that one. You know who I missed? <laughs> the Atlanta Falcons and Carolina Panthers. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that was the only one I missed. So tune in tomorrow. Come and, come and see us tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Eastern.